How about an interesting week? What you like? And uh, it's continued today, and it's for summer. So I started with Sue this morning and asked me a question which I found very interesting. She said that me and Catherine are doing good things with people. And she said, we're feeding people, but who's feeding us? So I said to her, I said, well, actually, you are. I said, that's what house groups are about. That's what our community groups are about. I said, people look at it as other leaders are doing anything, and they're giving, but actually, we're receiving as well. Because I'm quite interested, and that's what I'm doing. I'm very interested in what people have got to say to me. And God speaks to them, sorry, through them to me, because he does other people. Also, uh, in the past, we've got stuff from other people preaching, sermons on the internet, that sort of thing. Obviously, we love people preaching this church, so we get fed through all sorts of things. But she asked me this question, and she made me just think a little bit about it, and I thought, yes, that kind of feeds into a bit of what, we're, what I want to share with you today. And the other thing is, I speak to myself much as to anybody else, but God keeps bringing these things and speaking to me. And I said, okay, now I've got to do it. Well, I shared this a couple of weeks ago. I said at the end of the when I preached a little week ago, I was going to read something out, but I knew that God was going to say, I've got to do it. And that point was that if we're asking God, we're going to God with prayer, we've got to be prepared to say yes, otherwise we're not going to truly honest with He gave me three days. Three days grace, and I found myself in a position of having to say yes. So I thought, well, okay, that's three days grace. And he hasn't stopped asking me to say yes. He hasn't told me exactly what I'm going to say, but he's just saying, I'm prepared to say yes. And uh, two weeks ago, I mentioned Rosie, and she wasn't here. This week, I'm going to mention your mum, Rachel, and she's not here. <laughs> Um, Rachel um, came to me last week and she shared some bits and pieces with me that actually made me start thinking. And I knew I was preaching this week. I didn't quite know what I'm or anything else. And it got to Monday night and I said, Lord, I want to know. Whether I get it all or not, I just want to know the subject. And he actually took to a scripture that I thought, well, okay, I can't use a scripture but I believe God was telling me to use it. But then on Wednesday, my own wife confirmed it. She read it out in our house group, and I thought, she knew nothing of this. We don't share when I'm preaching. I just preach, and I hope God brings something through her as well. So that was it. That was confirmation for me. And Sue actually said something as well that really spoke to me. And I know um, some of the stuff that was said, Paul was trying to shut us up because he said, you're going to take my preach away from me. <laughs> so that's how God can work in our lives. And I, I, I know there's people here, I've said so many times, it's all the best you've got to do, I've told a lot of people to go there expecting God to speak. Because the trouble is, a lot of the time, we don't expect Him to speak. And we need to. But also, we can be willing to listen to what you actually says to So, what's the scripture? Well, the scripture is in Jeremiah 33, I would say 2 and 3, it's actually. Verse 3, it really spoke to me, so I'm going to go to 2. I, the Lord, do these things. I, the Lord, form the 
bring them about. I am known as the Lord. I say to you, call on me in prayer, and I will answer you. I will show you great and mysterious things which you will still do not know about. Sorry, which you still do not know about. Now, this verse 3 is just the beginning part of call on me and I will answer. That was only when we first became Christian, somebody said, Do you know God's telephone? It's 333. But we looked at it up and said, Oh, that's clever, isn't it? So, kind of, you know, how does this fit with everything else that's uh, been going on? Well, it, it didn't drag me too much, and I started looking in front of it, and behind it, and I thought, I'm right to see it. Jeremiah was prophesying, and he was telling people what was going to happen. And the next part, he was speaking about it. Was telling them that uh, what was going to happen to the city of Jerusalem. It wasn't very pleasant. The Israelites had again been uh, disobeying God and falling away from what they were supposed to be doing. And God was going to actually hand over to the Babylonians. But also within that, he was making promises. He was telling them that they have got great things in store for them and all these lovely things were going to happen as well. And he was telling them that uh, I will most surely heal the wounds of the city and restore it and its people to health. I will show them abundant peace and security. I will restore Judah and Israel. And we rebuild them as they were in days of old. I will purify them from all the sin that they committed against me. I will forgive all their sins which they committed in rebellion against me. All the nations will hear about all the good things which I will do to them. This city will bring me fame, honor, praise before them for the joy that I bring it. The nations will tremble in awe at all the peace and prosperity that I will provide for it. Great, isn't it? And really marvelous stuff. But actually, that was a good bit. That's uh, Jeremiah 33, verses 6 to 9. The bad bit just before that was this the defense of the city will go out and fight. The Babylonians, but they will only fill those houses and buildings with the dead bodies of the people that I will kill in my anger and my wrath. That will happen because I have decided to turn my back on the city on account of the wicked things they have done. Not so pleasant, is it? I remember being told years ago that all prophecies should uh, be uplifting. It's a missing yes, but you know, uplifting can be correcting as well, so it's not all as pleasant as we would like it to be. 
And this actually, this uh, time that they were going to be taken over by the Babylonian rule, was going to uh, last quite a few years, 70 years. So it wasn't a minor slap on the hand, it was quite a strong formula. So prophecy can be telling us great things and God's going to do this marvelous thing to our life. He can also be telling us that we need to change. And actually, we don't change as a consequence to it. Some years ago, there's a church that we were part of as a church plant. And uh, something strange to me at the time, I'd never heard anybody do this before, but they actually purposely went to one particular person at the church plant to ask for a prophecy for the church. And because I've come across a lot of prophecies being spoken to a church, but not somebody specifically going to one person to ask for a prophetic message. They got the message, brought it back to the church, and shared it with the church. And my comment at the time was, well, it, it's no good sharing it with the church, because actually what it was for was the church leaders, it was two of them at the time. And what they were being told to do was not to go around trying to find the people that they wanted to bring into the church. They had to work with the people that God had given them. There was an actual picture of bricks or stones around their heads, floating around, and they were to use them, not to try and go and pull other stones and bricks out from somewhere else and to use those. As the church went on for a bit, this prophetic message got completely ignored. There was a case of they were actually going out and looking for people and asking people to come into the church to take up leadership roles. And this carried on for some time. Now, this didn't, didn't happen on purpose, but we weren't in the church, I've been in the church for some years. We just happened to go back this one day, and the person who was actually heading up the church, it happened to be a week, the weekend, that he decided he had to confess his sin for ignoring the prophecy that he asked for. And it was very humbling for him, and it was humbling, I think, for everybody there to hear somebody say, I've got this all completely wrong. Because I didn't do what God had said for us to do. And he said he was no longer going to do what he was doing. Well, there's a kind of thing that this can that just be stopped. You can't suddenly change. Because the people who were there that God had told him to use, most of them are gone. So you can't turn the clock back. You can't suddenly make everything right. And God's going to forgive and the church will probably move on healthily, but they can't do exactly what they were going to do because those people have gone. And the consequence is on their shoulders because they ignore the prophecy. They asked for something, God gave them it, and they ignored it. So we can look in the Old Testament, we can look at different things that people claim, and you can see these prophetic messages. The Bible is full of them, that the Israelites were. Terrible people here. You know, we soon forget, we rely on God, and then we suddenly turn away from Him. We think we do it in our own strength, and we can't. And we start ignoring what He's telling us to do. And He'll give us a message and we want to go forward with it. But it didn't just happen in those days, it happens today as well. And we need to be careful that we don't do it. Prophecy 
for me, is very important. I know where God's got me now. I know a rough idea of where the sound will be in the future, but I've got no idea how to get there. The journey so far has been <laughs> So why do we go on this journey? Why does God do this? He's building this up. He's trying to prepare us. He's trying to get us ready for the work that's got So if anybody here feels that God's given them a message that they're going to do something, it's probably not going to happen straight away. God's going to prepare you for it. He's got to build God. He's got to get you in a position that you feel comfortable that you can do what God's asking you to do, or at least submit to His Spirit to be able to do it. And again, we mustn't underestimate the power of the Spirit. I don't know if anybody who was here, but I don't know if we heard the laughter coming out of the room when we were praying. It was said while we were praying that, um, Lord, you know, you can use a donkey to speak, so I know you can use Peter to speak. (laughs) I think that's great. Again, to me, it's what I've said coming through because. Actually, God can do anything. That's the whole point. God can use a donkey and get it to speak. Because the man was so stupid. And, uh, you know, even he turns up, he waited, God wants to listen to anybody. So, you know, I always think, you know, that may be this. If the donkey started speaking to me, I would listen. I wouldn't hesitate. So, you know, it's not man, it's not us. It's God, it's the Spirit, it's what he equips us with. And this is what we've got to grasp hold of, but not just that, we've actually got to put it into action. And perhaps that's the most critical thing. Me and Catherine at the moment are going through something that must be known about this to do with Catherine's work. Not even some week, because it affects me as much, or maybe as much as it does Catherine. So, yeah, probably. Yeah. And it's been going on probably eight or nine months since God told us we had to fight. Catherine, in her own strength, has said, just leave it, I'm just going to leave the job. But through a prophetic word that Paul's given us, of the blame Paul, the short for Paul, no, it's not. Paul gave us a scripture, read a scripture, and it really spoke to me, Catherine, and it told us we had to fight, and God has told us to stop. It actually continues. I think every week we're getting something, aren't we? It's just saying, keep going, keep going. And we're seeing progress. It's actually got bigger and bigger, and I think half the shops you can, so we're going to be on the contains list before we finish. But actually, what's happening is the truth that we've been speaking, because that's all we'll do, and don't exaggerate it, is actually defeating what they've been trying to tell Catherine that she had to do in her workplace. Because we're proving that they've got no right to ask her to do what they're asking her to do. They try to say it's agreed, and it's never been agreed. And so we're seeing progress in this, we think, well, what's the outcome? We don't know what the outcome is. If the outcome is just the fact that it made them all stop and think so they treat other people better, great. That's, that's victory. But we don't quite know. We know we're continuing with this. So through a prophetic word, we're doing what God wants us to do. And I felt really like to give up this week. I really have enough. But what stops me? Because God hasn't said to give up. We don't like to use the word fear of God, but I've got the fear of God. My fear of God is stronger than my fear of man. What was coming out of me and Catherine's strengthening our faith? I know Catherine actually more settled than this now. 
I'm just reading that thought. I want to give up here. Actually, I want to please God more than I want to please man in Jesus Christ. Does that make us better than the people of the past? No. What we've got to do today, more than probably that they can be thought about, is the Holy Spirit. Some of the songs we've been singing, it's talked about Jesus, our death to Jesus. He's already paid the price. That's not an excuse for us to sin and not to worry about what we do because Jesus has paid the price. It's just a matter that he's done it, but what we've got to do is to keep right with Jesus. We've got to keep in that place where he's put us. We've got to listen to what we're being told, and we've got to put it into action. We've got to come to God with a heart that's saying, I want to serve you, Lord. What's the condition of Scripture to do with being with God? To obey His commandments. If you truly believe, you will obey. That becomes hard again because what I've got to give up. You know, what does this mean? I've got to do this, I want to do that. Actually, benefits far out by anything else. We've had this conversation the other day about actually what reward do we get for what we do. There's no greater reward than seeing people change. Living in a better, godly life. People who have real problems actually coming out of those problems and being able to trust those people. To me, there's nothing to be about. So that's the benefit of it. What else has happened to do with any of this? Well, Catherine, as I said, she knows nothing about what, uh, what I was going to speak about today, but then she shares that scripture. So I told Catherine I wanted to keep it, I wanted to put your chair, please. I'm actually cancelling out half of what I've written here because of what Catherine said. Reading from Proverbs 3. My child, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments, for they will provide a long and full life. So what did she say? Yeah. Just the first bit. My child, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. That's what it's about. That's what that's where all this to do with Israel. Me and my what we talk about what went wrong. Why did they end up where they were? So forgetting God's teaching. We mustn't get God's teachings, we need to put them to action. Well, they will provide a long and full life, and they will add well being to you. Do not let truth and mercy leave you. Truth, we keep talking about truth over here. Yeah, this is one of our prayers on Thursday. Lord, you know, how to speak the truth. I'll tell you this what, easy to stand up here and tell everybody that life's great and keep doing what you're doing, but to turn around and say, you've got to change. We've got to put the truth into action, not just speak it, not just read it, we've got to put it into action. And then we'll see even greater things than we've already seen. Do not let truth and mercy leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the top of your heart, then you will find favour and good understanding in the sight of God and people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
Then the conversation with somebody else there, trust. That's very hard again, particularly if you've been hurt. It's so hard to, in this world today, so many people lie about to trust somebody. It's very hard. I'm going to talk about trusting God and trusting the Spirit. But that's what we're trying to do. That's what we should be trying to do. And we mustn't lean on our own understanding. My own Catherine's journey has been nothing but people have understood or put into action. So what it's done, I suppose, now is give us the confidence that even though something seems completely weird, I don't know, just yet, completely weird, they've probably got it. Tommy said to us months ago, the way it was, the best day life he was in the office is. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. This will bring healing to your body and refreshment to your inner self. Honor the Lord with your wealth and from the first fruits of all your crops. Then your lungs will be filled completely and your vats will overflow with new wine. My child, do not despise discipline from the Lord. Do not despise discipline. If we're not disciplined, we're illegitimate children of God. And sometimes that can be hard again because sometimes God really can be quite abrupt with us because we're not listening. In Jeremiah, when, when all this, uh, if you like, the condition that they ended up in, God was going to destroy the city, God had been warning them beforehand. Kept on telling them, turn back to me. Stop sinning, stop doing what I'm telling you. And they wouldn't listen. So there's consequences to us not listening to God, and we need to. My child, do not despise discipline for the Lord, and do not learn with his rebuke. For the Lord disciplines those he loves, just as the Father disciplines the Son in whom he delights. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom, and the one who obtains understanding. For her benefit is more profitable than silver, and her gain is better than gold. She is more precious than rubies, and none of these things you desire can compare with her. More life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are very pleasant, and all her paths are peaceful. She is like a tree of life to those who obtain her, and everyone who has hold of her will be blessed. By wisdom the Lord laid the foundation of the earth. He established the heavens by understanding. By his knowledge, the primordial seeds broke open, and the clouds ripped down the dew. My child, do not let them escape from your sight. Safeguard sound wisdom and discretion, so it will give you life and grace to adorn your men. Then you will walk on your way in security, and you will not suffer. When you lie down, you will not be filled with fear. When you lie down, your sleep will be pleasant. You will not be afraid of sudden disaster or when destruction overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be the source of your confidence and he will guide your foot from being caught in a trap. The rest of that, what we've heard, is a lot of promises of all the good things. But so many times we read scripture and we pick up on them and we say, Yes, Lord, thank you, I want that. But we must read them in confidence. We must read what God is asking of us. Do. I heard something uh, the other week which just stuck with me and still has. What this person said was partial obedience 
is still disobedience. Sometimes we think if we do a little bit, that's enough, but actually it's not. If we're still being disobedient to the rest of God's asking us to do. So we need to get hold of the whole of what God is saying to us, to put it into action. Not just part of it, not just what we want to do, but what we don't want to do as well. One John chapter two says this verses five and six. But whoever obeys his word truly, in this person the love of God has been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says he resides in God or himself to walk. Just as Jesus walked. That's a challenge for all of us. It's a challenge to me. We're not going to do it straight away. We're not going to find it easy. But that's what we're aiming for. That's the direction we should be going in. Keith said uh, a while ago that doing something else is that as long as we're moving forward, we're going in the right direction. That's right. It is right. And we go in that direction at different speeds. It's not the fact that we're all going to get there. It's not the fact that God's going to go like that and it's suddenly going to be perfect. It doesn't happen like that. There's a commitment that we have to make. There's a bit that we have to do. And most of it is just taking one step at a time into the area that God has taken us into. But our aim is to walk as Jesus walked. And that's what we need to keep our eyes on. That's how we need to keep moving forward. And as the church as a whole does this, as well as the individual, we're going to see this church grow. And we're going to see this word go out. Because if nothing else, what this church must do, and we're going to try and do, is preach the truth the gospel. And the gospel is far more than just saying what we're saying. We're supposed to be disciples, which means we put it all into action. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for your spirit that gives us understanding, Lord. And Father, I ask you to speak to our hearts, Lord. Give us your direction, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for sins that we've committed. Where we've gone wrong, where we've ignored you, Lord, ignored your word. Father, Lord, help us be obedient. Help us be certain of what you're saying to us and give us the strength by your spirit to put it into action. In Jesus' name. Amen.